The following podcast is from Doxa Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org. Good morning, church. Today's scripture is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. You can follow along on page... 816 in the Bibles under your chairs or also on the screen behind me. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This has been the reading of God's word. You may be seated. morning. Um, my name is Brian Weiler. I'm a member here at DOXA, and uh, if you're new with us today, um, welcome. We're really glad you're here. Uh, today is a little different. It is Family Sunday, um, as Justin had mentioned, and so it's going to be a little different here. The, the DOXA kids are joining us in the worship gathering, so we're excited about that. Actually, my son, literally right before I walked up here, untied my shoe. He literally <laughs> pulled my shoe lace. I'm going to tie my shoe real quick. <laughs> So, like Justin said, if you're, if you're a parent and, um, um, and you're here today, please know that if your child starts making noises or you think they're distracting the people around you, don't worry about it, really, don't worry about it. Um, the joy of worshiping together as a family is to be together, you know, noise and everything. You know, my four-year-olds are right back there. They're, they're probably going to end up being the loudest ones in this room. So, uh, there is something really special and powerful for a child to watch his or her parents worship. Our measure today is not whether everything goes off perfect, Uh, it's simply to be together as a family and to worship and lift up the name of Jesus. So let's pray. God, we uh, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you for your church. We thank you that uh, whether we're weak, whether we're we're strong, whether we're tired, uh, Lord, you meet with us and the invitation is to come to you. Um, And the invitation is not simply to to meet us where we are, but the invitation is to show us where you are. And God, would you, um, by the power of your Holy Spirit, uh, make your word alive to us, God, that uh, we know that it's your word that changes us. It's nothing that we say or do, Lord, and and strengthened uh, by everything you've already accomplished. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we all understand what it's like not to get a good night's sleep. At some point in your life, I know that you have missed out on sleep. Um, You know, if we're physically exhausted, we understand what that means. Um, We do and say and think some pretty crazy things when we're tired. It is easy to forget things. It's easy to misplace stuff. And when we're physically tired, um, it can affect us emotionally and sometimes even spiritually. Well, a little over a year ago, uh, my family and I were at a birthday party, and um, at that time, our, our kids, we had three, three kids under the age of three. 
And so we were pretty exhausted all the time. Um, so we're at this birthday party, and I'm talking to Dale. Actually, he's one of the elders here at church. And I have my, uh, my one-year-old in my arms, and I'm feeding Jude goldfish. And I'm just, you know, so he's content. So he's like able, I'm able to have a conversation with Dale. So I'm just keep feeding him goldfish, feeding him goldfish, feeding him goldfish. I don't know how this happened. Well, in the middle of my conversation with Dale, I just was unaware that I started to try to feed him a goldfish. <laughs> and I was, didn't even know it was happening. Like, I just was like putting it up, like, you know, here you go, Dale. And, and he politely kind of turned his head and he didn't accept it. <laughs> and we kind of laughed it off and it was kind of a funny moment. Um, and so it is a funny story, but here's my point. When we are physically exhausted, we know we are not right. Like, we know we're off balance. We know we're not at our best. We understand what it means to be physically tired and the impact that has on our lives. But what about when our soul is tired? When our soul is not at rest, we not only do and think some pretty crazy things, we start to believe crazy things. We start to believe peace, contentment, joy, and rest can be found in other things beside God. We search for rest in so many other places. You know, we, we think if we had an easier job, well-behaved kids, more money, a longer weekend, an epic vacation, you know, less on our plate, that we would finally be able to, to, to rest, that deep rest that we long for, finally be able to be at peace. When our soul is not at rest, we become filled with discontentment, and we search for something, anything that will bring some sort of peace into our lives, some sort of balance. When our soul is not at rest, we become anxious, we worry, we become fearful. The tired soul desperately desires control. We, the, des, the, the tired soul desperately desires control. The invitation Jesus is giving us in Matthew 11 is more important than we realize, and it has practical application for every single person, no matter where we are. You see, we are designed to look for, and we're designed to desire rest, the kind of rest that satisfies our soul. We are born into this world needing rest. We are born into this world broken. We're born into this world separated from God from the true source of rest. In Matthew 11 uh, here, Jesus is redefining what rest means and what true rest is. This morning, we're gonna look at three things. The source of our rest, the source of rest, how we can learn to live at rest. And three, the purpose and the blessing of rest. So let's dive in, and we're gonna focus right now on, on the source of rest. And when we're talking about the topic of rest, it is, it is important to note that rest is part of God's plan, it's part of his design. In Genesis chapter one, we see that on the seventh day after God created the universe, that he himself rested from his work. And not only did he rest, but he blessed the seventh day and made it holy, he set this day apart. And later on, we see the idea of rest show up in the form of a commandment. You know, the Sabbath, a day of rest, was not simply now just a good idea, some good advice, but it was established as law. To follow God meant you honored and embraced rest. Exodus 20, verse eight says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So from the foundation of the world and throughout history, we can see that rest is given to us by God. God is the provider of rest. He has been the source of rest from the very beginning. 
Again, we are born into this world needing that kind of rest from him. And Jesus says here in Matthew 11, come to me, all who are labor and who all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In Matthew 11, Jesus is making a pretty bold and outlandish statement, if you think about it. Jesus is saying, anyone who needs peace, anyone who needs rest, anyone who needs contentment should come to him and that he is the provider of rest. People in that day who heard those words would have been very confused, a lot, and a lot of them would have been very angry. The, their whole life and their whole schedule was built around the Sabbath. And Jesus comes into the picture and he says, you want rest? Come to me. I mean, if you, if you pause and think about it, in that moment, that's a pretty crazy thing to say. And if we skip into Matthew chapter 12, the conversation continues. The Pharisees are arguing with Jesus about what is lawful and unlawful to do on the Sabbath. And Jesus looks right at them and he says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, he is saying, I not only govern the Sabbath, I am the Sabbath. The Sabbath has been pointing to me this entire time. Rest comes and it goes through me. What do we normally tell somebody who is, you know, overworked and stressed? I mean, think about it. What do we normally that, that, that we say to somebody? We normally tell them, you know, learn to say no. Learn to say no. You're doing too much. And there's, there is wisdom in that statement. But think about it. Does doing less, doing less equal rest? Does doing less equal the kind of rest that we long for? We need to be reminded this morning that the rest we seek and the rest we long for is found in Jesus. And Jesus is not simply giving us an invitation to rest. He is explaining that he is the true source of genuine contentment. But you and I, we know this, right? We've heard this before. We know that Jesus is the source of rest. We do, we've heard that, that's not new for us. Well then why don't we go to him? For those of you who are parents in here, you understand what it's like to tell your child, come here. Like, I can't even tell you how many, it drives me crazy when we're trying to get out of the house. When I tell you know, my kids, I'm like, come here, come on, we're leaving, we're leaving, come on, let's go. I, like, I say it like 18 times, it seems like. We're leaving, we're leaving. It amazes me, you know, how many times I have to ask my kids to say, come here. Children are good at ignoring their parents. Children are also good at rebelling nap time. You ever think about that? It, to me, it's always mind-boggling. Kids, it's crazy that kids fight nap time. I, I, wish, I wish I had a designated nap time. And we know as parents that our kids need physical rest. We know it's important for young kids to get physical rest. When it comes to my relationship with God, I have to admit, and I have to be honest, I'm a lot like a rebellious child, ignoring the invitation to come and rest because I get easily distracted by other things. So here in this passage, Jesus is calling to us, to us all of us. He's calling to anyone who is burdened, He's calling to anyone who needs rest for their soul to come to him. He's saying, come to me. If we are not going to Jesus for rest, if we're not going to him for rest, we either don't believe Jesus is the true source of rest or we are pretending we are not tired. We're pretending our soul is not tired. You know, we're pretending we're all good. When Hurricane Florence was coming towards us, uh, Jen and I decided to leave and go to Florida. We evacuated Florida and we're there a couple days, and after the hurricane passed, and uh, we decided we're gonna leave 
One day we decided to just got up and said, we're going to leave at 12 o'clock at night. We're going to drive through the night because we heard that 501 might get flooded, and we didn't want to get trapped outside of Myrtle. So we decided, you know, it's 12 o'clock. We think it's good. Let's just leave now. Like, let's go. And so we're driving, and we left at 12. We're about four hours into the trip, around 4 in the morning. I am so tired. I'm like, my eyes are heavy. I'm slapping myself in the face as we're driving. And as I'm slapping myself in the face, Jen looks at me. She says, are you tired? I look at her. I said, No. I'm good. I'm all good. I'm really good. I'm good. We do the same thing with God, and we do that with other people. We, we, sometimes we pretend our soul is not tired. We pretend that we are not struggling spiritually. We tell people, we're, we're good. No, well, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? You good? I'm good. When deep down, we know we're not good. Deep down, we know our soul is off balance. It is easy to pretend. It really is. It's easy to build day to try to deceive ourselves, to try to deceive other people, and we try to deceive God. We are pretending, when we are pretending our soul is not tired, it is easy to become unaware of the activity of God around us. We become unaware of the, of the activity of God around us because our search for rest has made us self-absorbed. A tired soul inevitably will isolate from people and God, and it's because we're afraid, the tired soul is afraid to show people weakness. And for those of you who don't know, I'm in seminary, and I'm, I'm actually almost finished. I'm coming up on the finish line. But I can't tell you how many times I've been in discussion with someone, um, and a Bible question comes up. And because I have training, I should know the answer, right? Like, and sometimes I pretend I know the answer because, I, you know, I want to try to control how people are perceiving me. Or I'm honest about that I don't know the answer, and then I'm struggling with a little bit of insecurity and so I'm self-conscious. When our soul is tired, we not only do crazy things, we start to believe crazy things. We start to believe it is safer to pretend than to be honest. The pressure to perform and especially to control how people see us, is burdensome. It is burdensome. It's, one, it's why sometimes you spend so much time on Instagram trying to pick out that right filter. It's like, you know, and come up with a witty caption. We invite, you and I invite this kind of pressure into our lives. A tired soul is unaware of the activity of God around them. They are unaware of the activity of God because their search for rest has made them self-absorbed. And see, right before here in Matthew 11, right before Jesus gives this invitation to come to him to rest, he denounces all the cities where most of his miracles and his work took place. Jesus was displeased with how unaware and unrepentant the people were. The people in those cities that he's talking to were surrounded by the work of God. They were surrounded, they witnessed Jesus do his miracles. I mean, they watched Jesus perform crazy things. And it's at this moment, right at that moment, Jesus gives the invitation to come to him. And, and Jesus reminds every single person he, that the things of God, these things of God that we're talking about, they're hidden from the prideful. And then Jesus praises God, his father, that he has revealed those, these things. Thing to admit their soul is tired. And maybe you're here today and you're struggling with depression or anxiety, and because you're a believer in Christ, you feel like a level of shame. Like you should be past that struggle and living in a constant state of victory. And deep down, 
every one of us, we long to live and be in a place where we can be okay when our life is a mess. We long to be in a place where we can be okay when our kids are out of control, dinner's burned, you know, and the house is a mess and everything seems to be going wrong. I, I don't know what kind of pressure is surrounding your life right now, but I know every single one of us, we long for the kind of rest and peace Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 11. The kind of rest that puts our soul at peace, that deep rest. So my second point is this, how, how do we live at rest? Like how do we live in that place when our soul is off balance and we're tired? Well this passage, it tells us how. Jesus tells us we need to do two things, two things. We need to take and learn, take and learn. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. What does this mean? You know, what is Jesus saying here? A lot of us in here, we know we need rest. We know when our soul is off balance, we're overworked, we're stressed, we're burdened. We can't handle another thing. And yet Jesus wants us to take something from him. Jesus, can't you just take my burden, please? Just take it. Please just take my worry, take my anxiety. We pray and we pray, God help me. Please lift this burden. And what does Jesus do? Here's one more thing. Here, take this. Wait, what? Are you, Jesus, are you serious? You see, the invitation is to come and receive. The invitation is not to come and give. The gospel is beautifully laid out for us here in this passage. We have nothing to boast in. If you are here this morning and you are living in a place of peace and rest, it is not because of anything that you did. It is because of everything that he did. The gospel reminds us that we have nothing to give Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives everything. And the word yoke that's used here in this passage, it means to bind two things together. A yoke is a harness that fastens, that goes over the neck of two animals, fastens them together so they can pull a plow or a cart. So for example, you know, a strong ox would be paired with a weak ox. And so that the older ox, the strong ox, could train the younger one. And Jesus is telling us here in this passage that if you wanna live in rest, that deep rest, we need to be binded to him and allow him to lead us, allow him to train us, allow him to teach us. We need to submit to his leadership. Jesus here in this passage, he's redefining what rest is. It is not sitting back with our feet up. It is not freeing up our schedule or getting an extra day off. Purposeful rest is binding yourself to Jesus wherever he takes you and going with him wherever he takes you. Purposeful rest is being a disciple where you currently are. Purposeful rest requires submission. See, what's fascinating to me is that Jesus, he's not forcing this yoke on us. He's not forcing it on us. He is inviting us to put it on. See, we need to trust what Jesus is offering us is better than what we're trying to hold on to. We need to trust that what Jesus is offering us is better than what we're trying to hold on to. 
Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 20 through 21, he says this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be yoked with God. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be binded to God, be binded to him. Why? Verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus binded himself to our sin so that we could be binded to his righteousness. Jesus binded himself to our restlessness so that we could be binded to his rest and to his peace. If we come to Jesus and we take and we learn from him, he gives us a promise. He gives us a promise. And the promise is this, we will find rest for our souls. The purpose of rest is communion with God. And the blessing of rest is it will change our motive for why we do what we do. The purpose of rest is communion with God. And the blessing of rest is it will change our motive for why we do what we do. God is inviting us, he's inviting all of us, to live and work from a place of rest. Not working for rest, to find it. God is inviting us to live from a place of contentment and joy, not working, striving to find it. See, rest, simply put, is this, being fully satisfied in what God has done. And John Piper says it this way, God is most satisfied in us when we are most satisfied in him. A lot of the reasons we do what we do often comes from a place of discontentment. When we are at rest, that deep rest that Jesus is talking about, our reason for doing what we do and our motive for why we do what we do will change. See, the Gospel of John uh, records the moments right before the Passover meal. The Passover meal Jesus was sharing with his disciples was a foreshadow of his death, was a foreshadow of what Jesus, was, was awaited Jesus. If there was ever a moment Jesus needed rest, it was at that time. There was ever a moment that he needed to just kind of take a break and pause, it was then. And before the meal, Jesus got down on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. Think about this. While Jesus was reflecting on his own future pain and suffering, what did he do? He loved and he served. And after Jesus washed their feet, he asked the disciples a question. Do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand? And Jesus followed up his question with a statement. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. When our soul is at rest, where we are able to enter into other people's restlessness. The rest Jesus is talking about will free us so that we can look outward towards others instead of inward at ourselves and our circumstances. In a moment, uh, we're gonna take communion together as a body. It's a time for us to reflect, all of us, to reflect that God entered our restlessness so that we could find true rest in him.
It's a meal for the tired soul. It's a meal that reminds us of what is to come. It's a meal that reminds us that our peace and our joy is not a fairy tale. It's a meal that reminds us that Jesus binded himself to our sins so that we could have the full assurance of everlasting rest. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Doxa Church. We are so glad that you took the time to join us today. At Doxa, we exist to make disciples who joyfully worship Jesus with their whole lives. We invite you to join us. Doxa Church meets at 10 a.m. every Sunday at River Oaks Elementary School. For more information about Doxa Church, please visit us online at www.doxachurch.org.